Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks. Hi, I'm Murph. We're here to talk about some classic cards today, some old cards. Some old border boys. You know, the ones before when it just said summon legend. Ah. All, all the stuff, well, most of the stuff we're going to talk about today mm. will say Summon Legend on it. And if that makes you happy like it makes us happy, then you are <laughs> going to love today's episode. Yeah, they've been printing a ton of new commanders all the time, and it feels like they're getting more and more powerful. But there's still a lot of cool old border commanders that you can build that can pr- pack a punch. That are still quite powerful. At like, yeah, yeah, at a modern commander table. Uh, many of them are iconic characters or they're iconic art or they're just... Really sweet. Uh, We're going to talk about a bunch of commanders today. Of course, if you want to pick up any of those commanders or any of the cards that we talk about, you can do so over at cardkingdom.com slash command. Card Kingdom has a huge selection of magic cards, and whether you want them in old border or new border or full art or alt art, there's so many different ways to buy cards these days, and having a place where you can buy all of them in one place, where they send them to you in one package professionally so you're not chasing envelopes through the mail over the course of three to four weeks. I love shopping in Card Kingdom, especially when I'm buying a new deck, because I know I can add a ton of cards to one cart and watch one package ship to my door. Again, you can support the show while picking up magic cards over at cardkingdom.com slash command. Yep. And also, you can pick up magic accessories at ultrapro.com slash command or go to your local game store. I almost said local LGS. Yeah. Um, that's a, a local ATM LGS. machine. ATM machine. Anyway, <laughs> ultrapro.com slash command is the best place to go for all your Magic the Gathering accessories, sleeves, playmats, dice, anything you could ever want or need. All the stuff ha- can have all the pretty Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. art on it. There isn't a ton that's going to have all this old stuff on it, unfortunately. The, but there are a few. There's like an Ancestral Recall one that nice. I know. So you can go to ultrapro.com slash command. They got a huge selection. Check it out and just grab whatever accessories you want slash need. 
Yeah, Ultra Pro's the best. Uh, Before we get into the episode, we want to announce uh, again, we want to remind you that we're going to be at MagicCon Chicago performing Game Nights Live on Friday, February 23rd. 23rd. Yes, that's it. At 4 p.m. We're going to be on the big stage. We're going to be playing Commander live, and we're going to have the professor with us. It's going to be a huge show. If you're coming to MagicCon, make sure you're there on Friday. We know it's a lot of extra work it means you have to take time off but we promise we're going to try and make it worth your while because the show is seriously the coolest way to play and watch commander if you've watched one of our vods online and been like man i wish i could be there well if you're close to the chicago area you can again yeah 4 p.m february 23rd be there or be square you also don't need uh extra tickets as long as you have a pass to get on the floor of magicon you can come see the show yep uh, okay, the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. All of our patrons, keep the lights on over here. You guys are the very best. Plus, we give you some sweet perks like you get to see game nights and extra turns early and without ads. And you get access to a Discord where you can talk to all of us. A bunch of people, like basically our entire staff is in the Discord. Yeah. You can ask me, Josh, Jimmy, any question that you have. Um, I love talking about our decks, particularly after we do an ep- episode of Extra Turns or something like that. Yeah, we'll gonna, chat in the Discord about that stuff. We're going to talk about some commanders, and if you're yeah. like, ooh, these are kind of interesting, but I think I need a little bit more help, there's like deck doctors areas where other people as well can come and help you out. Mm-hmm. You can ask us questions about suggestions. Feel free. Come Plus, on, hang out. We shout out one lucky patron every single podcast episode, and this one's dedicated to Bo Lee. Thanks, Bo. You rock. You do rock. Thanks so much. Let's get into it. We're talking about the most powerful old school commanders. Of course, we're talking about the like the original old border, not the reprinted ones in the old border. Yeah, basically any card that its first release printing was from 1993 when Magic came out all the way until about 2003. I believe it was Scourge was the last one. Mm. Uh, Mirrodin was the first set. Uh, I forget if it was Mirrodin or 8th edition was the first set with the new modern border. I believe mm. it was 8th edition. Yeah. Uh, so we're going up to that. That is our line of cards or commanders that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. And we pulled some really, really cool ones. Uh, Some of these, like, I think when you think of old commanders, you think they're not as efficient or they're not as powerful as commanders that are printed today. Yeah, but that definitely can be the case. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case. There are some sweet old commanders that do really unique things. I think what I personally like about old border commanders is that a lot of the time they will do something in colors that we don't necessarily see. Mm, Yeah. So because it's before the pie break was as rigid as it is now. So they were just sort of trying stuff. And that's how you wind up with commanders that are like landfall commanders that are Esper, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a deck on Blackblade deck. We're not going to be talking about that commander today because it's honestly not the greatest card in the world. World, but yeah. it's really fun to build around mm-hmm. because it's Esper, lands, and it's also just kind of Voltron. You want it to be big and hit real hard. And that's yeah. not really something that they have printed or supported much in today's day and age because, mm-hmm. well, lands are now mostly greens things, sometimes a little bit of red, but very rarely Esper. Yeah. 
So it's it's cool that you get to play these old cards that kind of uh, are doing something a little different than what commanders are doing these days. Uh, Murph and I are both a huge fan of old bordered commanders. Um, I there was just an extra turn with my Lord of Tressorhorn deck, Ooh, yeah, which is Sick. talk about hitting people with a big guy. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's just what we like. Actually, we just like hitting people with big commanders. With Sometimes big the old, old cards are that. <laughs> Actually, I also have an extra turns with my Feldegriff deck. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've done uh, extra turns with my two existing old border decks. I've also built Esmira, which I since took apart, and also uh, Corona the False God. Yeah. So I've had uh, the deck on Blackblade, obviously, which mm. people have seen. Uh, I built Ramsey's Overdark. Uh, right now, that one's kind of like, it's not in my active rotation of decks, but I did play it on extra turns once. Unfortunately, didn't do super great, but I guess that's par for the course yep. on extra turns. And then also Chainer, Dementia Master. Yeah, who we're going to talk about today. Yeah, spicy one. Uh, Jimmy played that on an extra turns. It's been completely reworked since then. So we're going to talk about some sweet tech when we get there. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, we're going to start talking about these commanders. We're going alphabetical order today, starting with an oldie, but a goodie and an expensive Expensive, yeah. It's Angus <laughs> McKenzie. He's green, white, and a blue for a 2-2 legendary creature. Uh, you can pay Bant a green, a white, and a blue and tap it to prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. So he fogs. He fogs. Like every turn yep. you could fog with Angus. Um, but he doesn't need to be tapped in order to do the ability. So that is a restriction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can only do, <laughs> it, you can only do it once, once per, per turn rotation. rotation. Yeah, obviously, you have three opponents, so you yeah. do it on one. But the interesting thing about this, though, is it kind of works for every turn. As long as you have the mana to yes. activate it once, your opponents aren't going to want to waste an attack on you knowing that you have a fog. Yeah, it's very much like the Maze of Ith thing, yeah. where if you have a Maze of Ith, well, yeah, technically it only stops one creature, but who cares? It stops every creature anyway. It stops anyway. every creature, because <laughs> if they're trying to deal combat damage to you, they don't want it to get mazed. Exactly. So... Angus McKenzie has that kind of, it's not a rattlesnake ability exactly, it's mm -hmm. just a deterrent that says, like, if you were going to attack, it's probably better to do it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some Angus McKenzie decks online. I think a lot of the time he people think to put him with untappers, mm -hmm. like anything that untaps Angus so we could activate him every single turn, so we'll protect it on every single turn. But I don't think he's very good with effects like Drum Bellower, for example, that only untap your creatures. Yeah. Because, like you mentioned, well, you just need the deterrent of it once. Yeah. So having these extra cards that untap multiple times, not going to get you a ton of value. Right. And as he's three mana to activate. Like, if you yeah, activate him and mana. then untap him and activate him again. <laughs> he's just sitting on six mana. You should you should probably be doing better things. There's probably, probably better things to do, be doing with your mana at that point. But untappers are still pretty good, especially if they come with untapping all of your lands. Like yeah. a Seaborn Muse, of course. Seaborn Muse, so perfect in a deck like this. Because mm. then you can actually just untap and have the mana to pay for things every single time. Even if everybody's ganging up against you, like, we got we to gotta get that person dead. Right. Doesn't matter. You got a Seaborn Muse, doesn't matter. Even something like a Wilderness Reclamation fits in with this deck perfectly. Because mm -hmm. you cast your commander on three, you untap, you cast a Wilderness Reclamation, you untap all your lands. Now your commander can be activated and you have the mana up to activate it. Yeah. And it means that you're not skipping your setup time for as defense time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, You really don't want to just be holding up three mana in case you get attacked, you want it to be a little bit more convenient. Then it's basically like you're three turns behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. And in Commander, especially nowadays, that's huge. So being able to have that mana untapped and just ready to go is huge. 
I also think Angus combines very well with three mana instants. Mm, yeah. Uh, because like we said, if nobody attacks you because you have that fog up, you're going to want some way to use that mana. So if you've got a spell that says draw three, discard two at instant speed, great. You can cast that instead. You didn't need that fog this turn. So make sure that you have lots of ways to take advantage of the mana that you're holding up to activate Angus in case you don't have to activate it. Yeah, just throw in some cycling cards. Why not? Yeah. Um, of course, having just like a fog in the command zone isn't exactly a plan. Yeah. It doesn't tell you how this deck really wins. It doesn't like you're not going to win by fogging every turn. <laughs> Eventually, they'll figure <laughs> out how to stop. Yeah. That. So you're not actively like going towards a win of any sort. Right. Uh, you are just preventing yourself from dying, hopefully. So there's a few ways that we can like push this deck. Uh, one pretty cool way is super friends. So lots of planeswalkers throwing lots of planeswalkers uh, because turns out planeswalkers don't want to get attacked as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still in like there's plenty of targeted removal for planeswalkers these days, but yeah. still the easiest way to keep them off the board, especially without spending a card on yeah. them, is just by attacking them. If you have Angus, you can protect your planeswalkers and you make it really, really difficult for your opponents to just kill them for free. Plus, Bant is a great color combination for mm -hmm. Super Friends. You get all of like your counter doublers, like, you know, yeah. doubling season or... Um, a deep glow skate or Vorinclex, yeah. but you also get Evolution Sage, mm -hmm. which is whenever a land enters proliferate. Really, really powerful in these colors, and you're in three colors, so you're probably running a number of fetches. Yeah, lots of great stuff in there. Like like that option a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you have access to all the most powerful planeswalkers. Yeah, it's Oko is green and blue, Teferi Master of Time is mono blue, the rest of the Teferis are blue-white and are very powerful. You get the new Vronos Masked Inquisitor. Yeah, I, I saw you put this on the outline because I, I hadn't really seen it before. Mm -hmm. I was like, what does this card do? But, oh, it's yeah, here, pretty sweet. Let's read it. Yeah, let's read this, it. This planeswalker sure, is wild. <laughs> it's three blue-blue for a legendary planeswalker Vronos. He comes in with five loyalty. He ticks up it says up to two other target planeswalkers you control phase out at the beginning of the next end step so they can't be attacked they can't be damaged they can't be targeted they're just gone minus two is for each opponent return up to one target non-land permanent that player controls to its owner's hand so you can bounce up to three things which makes it even harder for your planeswalkers to get attacked. And the minus seven says target artifact you control becomes a nine nine construct. It gains vigilance and destructible and this creature can't be blocked. Not likely that that one's going to be relevant, but Bronos is a great defensive planeswalker in mm -hmm. a super friends deck. Yep. When you got lots of planeswalkers, you can phase them out, prevent them from being attacked. And then if you have Aegis McKenzie as your commander, you can throw him out. So just leave that mana open. And that mm -hmm. will be a huge deterrent for people attacking your planeswalkers. Yeah, in this kind of Planeswalker deck, your your goal is probably to ult them, to get really, really powerful emblems. I mean, isn't that what you're trying to do with most Super Friends decks, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some <laughs> that you can, like, generate value from, and yeah. the, the green Planeswalkers will make big tokens and stuff, but it... I think this is going to be a largely a blue-white based mm -hmm. Planeswalker deck and you're trying to take extra turns, ult these Planeswalkers, and keep them safe while you're doing so. Nice. Uh... The other way that I've seen Angus McKenzie built is super fun. It's uh, Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> For the Monty Python fans, there is technically another card that is named after Tim the Enchanter. Yeah, Prodigal Sorcerer. People have affectionately nicknamed that Tim, but honestly, Angus McKenzie just looks more like Tim. He looks so, so, much, looks more so more like much more like Tim. Tim. So you could build him as an enchantments deck. Uh, Tim the Enchanter. Tim the I Enchanter, love it. right? 
<laughs> and what is enchantments? What is enchantment deck problems? They don't have that many creatures. They want to play lots of enchantments mm-hmm. so that they can be open. So just even mechanically, it makes it, hey, I'm just going to play these enchantments and leave up some mana and I won't get attacked, hopefully. What I like about having Angus in the command zone of an enchantment deck is it means you don't have to waste a ton of slots on like the propagandas and the ghostly yeah. prisons of the world, which tend to show up in enchantment decks, mm-hmm. but not necessarily contribute to the plan of enchantment decks. Yeah. Uh, they kind of want to be stormier and spend a lot of mana and, and like eventually make a bunch of tokens or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Angus like is all of those cards and all of those card slots sort of rolled up and put into the command zone. So you always have which access is handy. to it. If you're going to build a deck around Tim the Enchanter, uh, there is one card that is <laughs> mandatory on this list. And it is the regal bunacorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rabbit. <laughs> Look, that rabbit's got a vicious streak a mile wide. It's a killer. <laughs> oh, I love Monty Python. It's so good. And I mean, this is going to be a fr- pretty typical like enchantress yeah. shell. It's it's green, white, blue. We've seen this kind of thing before. Tim just gives you the defense that you're looking for, and. The scary white Flavor. bunny rabbit. Just just make it a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more fun for you, a little bit more fun for your opponents. You can see, hey, look at this. Yeah, it's Enchantress, but look at how fun this is. And they're like, yeah, you're right. This is really fun. That's pretty cool. Just get people off your back a little bit. It'll mm-hmm. work, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on to your lad. It's Chainer Dementia Master. Yeah. So this guy... Uh, he is a legendary creature, human minion, uh, three black black. Uh, all nightmares get plus one, plus one. And he has uh, activated ability that costs black, 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 and pay three life. So pretty hefty ability. But what it does is you can put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is black and is a nightmare in addition to its other creature types. And when Chainer leaves the battlefield, exile all nightmares, which... All, all your reanimated stuff is now nightmares. So. Are now nightmares. Yeah. Yep. So you got to be you got to be careful about that. Um, this is a very powerful mono black reanimator commander. Yeah. Because while Angus McKenzie had to tap, Chainer does not. Chainer does not. As long as you have that black mana. Now, obviously, it is a pretty heavy investment of mm-hmm. mana, and the life adds up pretty fast as mm-hmm. well. But you can activate it multiple times over and over and over and over and over again as long as you have that mana to spare. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, mono black is not. That bad at making ridiculous amounts of black mana. <laughs> <laughs> Especially all at once. Yeah. I did. We're going to we're gonna talk about Chainer specifically today because Murph has a really sweet Chainer deck. But I did want to mention that there is another really cool mono black reanimator commander in Balthor the Defiled. So this is also a gritty old border card. It's two black black for a zombie dwarf. And he says all minions get <laughs> plus one plus one. Uh, Chainer's a minion. Cool. Buffs Chainer. I- <laughs> and then he's got an activated ability that says, Black, 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 remove Valthor the Defiled from the game, so exile him. Each player returns all black and all red creatures from his or her graveyard to play. Shout out to my friend Brian. We played a two-headed giant with game with both of these on the same team once. It was just so fun. It's so, it so fun. That's so <laughs> we were like, fun. We're doing mono black stuff. Here we go. <laughs> and you and he can re- reanimate your graveyard as well. Yeah. So <laughs> as long as you're both milling, yeah. you're gonna have more black and red creatures than your opponents. So you're going to be able to take better advantage of this. Both sick options for mono black reanimation type strategies. Yeah. Uh Chainer is a little bit more pinpoint, and uh Balthor is uh 
everything all at once. Yeah, just <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about Chainer. What does Chainer want? So because you can activate the ability over and over, uh, what you want primarily is creatures with Enter the Battlefield abilities. Because obviously, when you reanimate a creature, it will have summoning sickness. And if it's a big thing that can attack, that's great. But you really want those Enter the Battlefield effects for maximum value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could do something like Gary. Gary's usually how this deck wins, mm-hmm. honestly. If that you if you are including that in your deck, that's just a win con. It gains you back that life that you're losing to the activated ability and just drains the table really, really fast. Yeah, Grey Merchant of Asphodel, of course, drains the table for your devotion to black. Yes. So you count up those black pips, enters, drains everybody for that, and you gain an absurd amount of life, which also counteracts some of the life that you're paying for Chainer. Yep, but there's more fun stuff like one of your favorites, the Abhorrent Overlord. Yeah. Also devotion-based, but it makes one Speaking yeah, <laughs> of devotion to black, it's ETB, make a whole bunch of 1-1 flying harpies. The thing I really like about ETBs in this deck is Chainer reanimates things. Mm -hmm. And normally when you reanimate something, it'll be like, when it dies, you exile it. But not Chainer. Chainer says, oh, sacrifice it. It's back in the graveyard. Reanimate it again. You can keep using these creatures over and over again as long as they're not on the battlefield when Chainer leaves the battlefield. Because then he'll exile them. Yeah. So clearly they thought about that as a potential that you could just keep reanimating these. And so they're like, I know. I know how to fix this. Mm -hmm. How about when Chainer goes, all the stuff goes. All right. Perfect. Problem solved. The problem with that... Is decks like this love sack outlets? Yes. <laughs> if you are in a black deck with creatures, you probably want sacrifice outlets, and Chainer is no different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to be able to just have your Ashnod's altars of the world to be able to sacrifice stuff. Actually, Phyrexian altar is a little bit better in this because it gives you that black mana to be able to mm-hmm. activate the ability again. Things like Altar of Dementia are also quite good because it mills you mm-hmm. whenever you do that. But that instant speed sacrifice is just so key because even if you have no protection on your commander, somebody goes to remove your commander, you say, okay, great, sacrifice my board to whatever sacrifice outlet it is even if it doesn't actually do anything just sacrifice your board Mm -hmm. then those are back into the graveyard chainer dies and the next turn you just cast chainer and then start reanimating stuff again Mm -hmm. and you're back where you started yeah i really i really like this idea and especially i think sack outlets that are on creatures are really powerful in chainer because you can reanimate them with your commander like if somebody goes to remove chainer and you have three black pips open you're like okay i'll reanimate yeheni which is a free sack outlet Mm mm-hmm and then sacrifice all your stuff, save everything else, and then you haven't just, like, exiled your whole board. Exactly. Which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, one, one of both of our favorite cards. This is awesome. <laughs> Soul Debbie <I>, Adonates. <laughs> this is a tap to sack activated ability, so it's not quite as good, but it says tap, sacrifice a black or artifact creature to add an amount of black equal to that creature's mana value to your mana pool. Play this ability only as an instant. So it's a uh, it's old border. If you can't tell, <laughs> I tried to errata it as we went there. But <laughs> you did you did great. <laughs> it's sack a thing. You add black mana equal to its mana value. Yeah, but again, that black mana is huge mm-hmm. and key, and it can also turn. Say you have a worm coil engine or something that you want to mm-hmm. sacrifice this thing. That's an artifact creature that you're now turning into six black mana. That's two activations of chainer. You can get worm coil right back. Mm-hmm. You can get something else back. And one thing about chainer that we haven't even mentioned really much yet is that you can get anything from anybody's graveyard. (laughs) Yeah. If you can be milling your opponents as well, you're just going to increase your selection 
tenfold. Yeah. This is the kind of deck that really, really wants a lot of self-mill, but a lot of general mill. I, I think general, general mills. mills. <laughs> it really wants a lot of cereal. <laughs> This is my cereal deck. It's General Mills. I, what if we had like a deck that was all serialized cards and we just called it General Mills and it was a mill deck? That's pretty cool, right? Come on. Like, come on. We've done it. I, I, I keep thinking about how good Stitcher Supplier is in this deck. Oh, so good. It's one mana too. It's one mana. So you mill three, you sack it, you mill three more, you reanimate it, you mill three more. It's a great rate for filling up your graveyard and anything that you can do that mills your opponents as well is huge. Yeah. So, super powerful card, super powerful effect. The one thing that you do need to keep in mind a little bit is the creature types on the creatures that you are putting in the deck. Mm. Because I made the mistake of taking a look at, uh, it was Dread Presence. Yeah, this card is excellent it's in so mono black good decks. in mono black i thought oh that's cool it's a nightmare it'll even get buffed by my commander that's great problem yeah. solved it says whenever a swamp enters the battlefield under your control choose one either draw a card and you lose one life or dread presence deals two damage to any target and you gain two life yeah remove something gain some life draw some cards incredible yeah the deck once card draw the deck once life gain if you can put that on a creature that can be reanimated awesome 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 the problem is that chainer's ability of when it gets exiled or when it dies or leaves the battlefield all nightmares get exiled. It does not matter if it has been reanimated by Chainer. It just exiles all nightmares. Period. Uh, not just all nightmares on the battlefield. Completely yep. gone. It's uh, <laughs> it's very easy to get blown out with Chainer on the board. Yeah. Because it, he's a magnet for removal. If you just remove Chainer, you can remove all of the problems. So you're going to need a lot of protection for Chainer. Obviously, he's a huge part of your engine, but he's also tied to everything else that you have on the battlefield. So I think this is definitely going to be a Lightning Grief, Swiftfoot Boots yeah. type of deck. But I also like the idea of having like a gift of doom. Mm -hmm. This is a card that I've been trying to figure out where to put it. And I think it's awesome here. This is a five mana aura. It says enchant creature and it has enchanted creature has death touch and indestructible. It also says morph sacrifice another creature. And when it's turned up for turn face up, you can attach it to a creature. So you put this face down as a creature for three mana. And then at any point, basically at split second, you can use this as a sack outlet to sack a creature and put this on Chainer to give him indestructible in case of a board wipe or in case somebody goes to remove him with a destruction spell. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's very, very cool in this deck. Yeah, and I think the last thing I'll say about Chainer is that it is really fun to be able to have a reanimator in the command zone because then most of the rest of your deck, you don't need to worry about the cards that reanimate things. You can just put the cool stuff you want to reanimate and ways to mill yourself. And mm -hmm. That's really all you need. Yeah. yeah. You can pick stuff out of your opponent's graveyard and figure out a win con. Yeah, heck, way. it doesn't even have to be yours. Yeah. You can just play your commander <laughs> as long as you have enough stuff to get to your commander. You can make things up on the fly, and that's that's a lot of fun of this commander which is why I like it. I think it's neat, Rachel. I think it's very Obviously, neat. I'm biased. <laughs> Chainer's always been such a cool commander, too. I uh, I wanted I would just thought of this while we were talking about it and I feel like we need to mention it because it's <laughs> you didn't put you didn't put this on the outline you literally were just like I thought of it, right, it right now, now <laughs> and now I'm so excited. Yeah. Muckdrub <laughs> is an incredible black creature. Uh, with Flash, and it says, when Muckdrub enters the battlefield, change the target of target spell that only targets a single creature to Muckdrub. 
perfect. You can reanimate it at instant, at instant speed. speed. Be like, all right, actually, this is what your path to exile. Actually, awesome. Muckdrub is getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then if you have deck. a sacrifice outlet, you just sacrifice. You sacrifice Muckdrub. <laughs> You're like, I can do that forever. <laughs> I'm here, changing the target. All right, see you guys. <laughs> I'll be back Bye. later. <laughs> I love it. Incredible. Uh, the next commander that we're talking about is actually one that I built online. I played Ooh. this on MTGO, so I've never had it in paper, but I loved playing it online. You played uh, Magic Online? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interface-wise, <laughs> community's great, but the interface... Uh, it's Captain Sisse. For two, a green and a white, she's a legendary human soldier. It says, tap, search your library for a legendary card, reveal that card, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Ooh, so this is a tutor on in the command zone. Yeah. Which is hugely powerful. I think when people think of Captain Sisse, like a lot of players who have just started playing Commander now think of five-color Sisse, like yep. Sisse Weatherlight Captain, which is a five-color tutor. You can get any legendary onto the battlefield. Yeah. That's obviously very good, but I think anybody who played Commander, what when was this? This is before Modern Horizons? Modern Horizons 1, that was 2019, I think, yeah. Or it thinks of green white Sisse. Yeah. Because this was a really popular commander at the time, and it was really, really powerful. It was a house. Even though since then they've printed probably like twice as many legendary creatures, mm -hmm. artifacts, all that stuff since then, even so, just the toolbox nature of this commander has always made it very, very powerful. Yeah, I I, I think uh, we also think of it kind of as a stacks commander. As yeah. Captain Sisse sort of or earned a reputation for tutoring up uh, legendary hate bears and putting them into play, but it's, so, it's a much, much better toolbox commander than it ever was because of the amount of legendaries that they've printed. Like, you can find a legendary that basically does anything that you need in any given moment. Like, Safi Eric's Daughter is exactly the kind of thing I want in a deck like this. Yeah. Where you can sack it, and it says, when target creature is put into your graveyard this turn, return that card to the battlefield. Then it's just super toolbox, whatever your important piece is, like your commander. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Safi lets you keep it on the battlefield. Tishar, of course, is a staple in any sort of historic deck but I think in one where you're playing cheap legendaries and you're trying to recur them for value it's really really good it's whenever you cast a historic spell return target creature card with mana value 3 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield obviously very powerful with Safi and Gandalf the Whites is like stupid ridiculously powerful it's and so this, good in this it's deck it's so good that's the you can cast historic things as though they had flash and the legendary permanence it's like legendary permanent panharmonicon yeah it's thing. whenever a legendary permanent or artifact enters or leaves the battlefield, it doubles those triggers. Yeah. Excuse it's, me. It's legendary spells and artifact spells as though they had flash, not historic things. So you can't flash yeah. in sagas. No ha! sagas. Sorry, suckers. <laughs> uh, Gandalf is an awesome tool for this. I think there's a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings cards mm -hmm. that are going to show up and be really, really excellent in like a green-white Sisse build. Uh, the other thing that has happened since Sisse was popular is they printed the Channel Lands. <laughs> as if these cards weren't already good enough, like the Bosejus and the Ganjas, I guess that's all you can put in. In this deck in the deck. green white but those two cards are both very very powerful because you can hit your lands if you need to yeah. or you can use it to remove something <laughs> and that, that is something i suppose that we should mention as well it's just looking for a legendary card with this it doesn't have to be a creature yep it can be anything that's legendary so that counts lands that counts legendary artifacts that counts legendary planeswalkers that counts legendary enchantments and the couple of legendary sorceries as well that exist yeah uh, there's like two, but... They're not as good as they used to be, but it's still cool. You can have them if you want. <laughs> if you want them. Of course, if you have a commander that says tap, we're going to want to untap it. Uh, and I think 
there's a lot of really cool ways that are legends to do this. So Sting the Glinting Dagger is the yeah. first one that I thought of. This is a legendary uh, equipment that says equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has haste. Huge. Uh, at the beginning of each combat, untap equipped creature, and it has first strike if something about goblins or orcs. It's not important. <laughs> and it equips for two. So this gives her haste, and it means you can activate her four times as long as she survives the whole rotation. Which is nuts. And it's cheap to play, cheap to equip, and it's legendary, so it's tutorable. This is the exact type of card that this deck wants. Mm -hmm. uh, there's things like Sereth the Viper's Fang, which also has the activated ability to be able to untap your Sissay and can also protect it with that Hexproof. Oh, it's so good. So good. Set. And finally, a good way to untap that's legendary is Lulu, Lulu. Loyal Holly Font. Lulu's an elephant angel that says at the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, put a plus one counter on each of your tapped creatures you control and then untap them. And once again, this just shows like the power of these things being legendary because all of these are tutorable with your commander. Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> if they're good, go find them. If they're not good, find something else. Yeah. This is a very difficult deck to pilot. Certainly yeah. you need to know what you're looking for in what space. If the majority of your deck is legendary, which it probably should be given the command. Yeah. There's just so many options to you. So if you're a little bit newer to Commander, I would recommend not building this just because you're going to be sitting there like, I don't know thinking, what to do. Thinking. Even if you're goldfishing this a lot, that does not necessarily mean that you know what to get in every given situation. It's yeah. just going to take, even if you're an advanced player, this is just going to take a lot of reps to get right. Yeah. Uh, practice, practice, practice. Knowing your lines in decks like this are, is crazy important. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about Super Friends, but I do think there's a very cool Sisse Super Friends build. Yeah, they're legendary. Because uh, they're legendary. Yeah. You can go find <laughs> them. Uh, the one that I immediately thought of was the Eternal Wanderer, which uh, is a board wipe on a planeswalker so that lets you keep Sisse. <laughs> seems so dumb. Right? <laughs> That's cracked. <laughs> it says, yeah, for each player, choose a creature that player controls, and each player sacrifices all creatures they control, not chosen this way. <laughs> yeah, seems kind of dumb. Yeah, uh, really, really, really strong. Uh, and then it says other words, too, which are also good. Uh, Johnny, the great-hearted is, is green and white. We'll put plus one counters on your creatures, but also loyalty counters on all your planeswalkers, and you can find him once you have a team of planeswalkers on board. Yeah, it's not even just that the planeswalkers in this deck can be good, but there's also a lot of good planes Walker support pieces mm. that are legendary. So like the Vorinclex from Kaldheim. Yeah, it's great. The, doubling season on a creature. The legendary creature. Legendary creature. The Lazale from Baldur's Gates. Uh-huh. Puts extra counters on those planeswalkers. Hot diggity dog. That's uh, what we're looking for. <laughs> and all of these, the cool thing about it is like we think about Sisse in the context of that era in Commander, mm -hmm. but all of these cards that we've mentioned have come out since Sisse has been popular. That's such a great point. Even if you've looked at these cards in the past, like I know I definitely saw all these cards back yeah. when I first started playing. Take another look at them. See what other cards have come out to like give these a little bit of extra spice. Because yeah. I think you'll be very surprised at what you can find. Yeah. Really cool stuff going on with Sisse. I, I definitely looked at this deck and was like, do I build it should, again? Should I build this? Should I build yeah. it again? The thing is, I played I played Captain Sisse online where I didn't have to shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> you you do probably just, are, you're going to get good at shuffling yeah. <laughs> if you play this deck because you got to do it a lot. Uh, up next is sort of the bane of old commander tables. Definitely I don't know. one of. <laughs> And uh, Post Malone played this on game nights. Yeah, it's Mariki Ribarit. Uh, it's a Esper creature. It's a blue, a white, and a black. 1-1. One, one. Uh, it doesn't untap during your untap step. And you can tap it to gain control of target creature as long as you control uh, Mariki. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that. 
Yeah, Marieke. That was mostly what I found. It was tough to tough to find good pronunciations yeah. of this online. Uh, but when Marieke leaves play or becomes untapped, destroy that creature. It can't be regenerated. Okay. So it's a very interesting ability. It seems at its face value that you tap it to gain control of a creature. Mm-hmm. Great, got it. When this goes away, then that goes away. Right. Awesome. But also, when you untap Marie- Marieke, that creature is destroyed. Yeah. So now, tappers and untappers become extremely powerful. Yeah. Because when I first saw this, I was like, okay, well, it steals one thing. Stealing one thing is very powerful. Mm -hmm. So the floor of this is very good, even if you don't really build around it. But thankfully, this is Commander, so we can build around it, Rachel. Yeah. So what are we going to do in order to be able to untap lots, steal lots of stuff, and kill lots of stuff on our opponent's board? Well, first, we're going to untap her. Well, I guess well, she, yes, comes how? In, no, she comes in untapped. <laughs> she comes so in you untapped. don't even have to untap her the first time. Broken. <laughs> she can do it the first time. She can no do problem. it the first time yeah. all on her own. Uh, there's lots of creatures with activated abilities that untap uh, creatures or just permanents generally. I really like uh, Ireth of the Healing House. This is another Lord of the Rings card. It's two and a blue for a human cleric. It's a one four. It says tap, untap another target permanent or tap, untap two other target legendary creatures. So in this deck, there you can have other creatures on the board. We'll talk about some more of them later, but it gives you that additional upside in that another untapper doesn't necessarily give you. Freed from the real Freed is, from the real is probably the dope. most powerful untapper, Ooh. <laughs> or like Pemmonsora, I suppose, is more powerful. But one freed- blue mana basically to be able to kill anything on the board is what this reads as long as it's attached to your commander. Yeah, it's because it just says Insanity. blue colon untap. <laughs> So it's a steal a tapper to steal a thing, blue to untap, kill that thing, tapper to steal another thing, blue to untap, kill that thing. It's extremely, extremely powerful in a deck like this. You can put the sting yeah, sword that we already sting. talked about. Give, give, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sting that untaps at every uh, combat, combat yeah. plus gives her haste, which is a really, really big a deal when your commander has an activated ability. Very true, actually. <laughs> I really like refocus in commander decks that have tap abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just says untap target creature, draw a card. Yep. It's one in a blue for an instant. It gives you a lot of flexibility. It does it right now. A lot of the time when you're using untap cards, you have to wait until they don't have summoning sickness anymore. And refocus just lets you start going as soon as Mariki is ready to go. Okay, so stealing and killing things <laughs> is, I, I, it's is already insane and busted. Really, really busted. <laughs> yeah. But what if we could steal them and keep them and then steal something else? <laughs> yeah, so you were like, what if we did this? I'm like, is there really anything that can do that? And you're like, all right, time to find out. <laughs> tickety, 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 tickety. Uh, the, the easiest way to do it is just to blink the thing that you've stolen. Yep. Uh, you have to be careful with blink spells. A lot of them say return them to their owner's control. Yep. You want to say cards that say return them to their controller's control under your control. Yep. Uh, like Ghostly Flicker lets you blink two things and they return them to your control. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's perfect. You can steal something, blink it. It's a new permanent. Now you can untap Mariki and steal something else. Yeah. Uh, you can do something like Nightmare Shepherd, where whenever you kill the thing by untapping your commander, the creature that you just stole dies, and you get to make a token copy of it, except it's a 1-1 Nightmare in addition to its other types. Speaking of Nightmare. Yeah, speaking of Chainer and Nightmares. <laughs> uh, this one is really cool in this deck. Uh, anytime I can try and sneak one of these Baldur's Gate, this isn't Baldur's Gate, I guess. Uh, uh, this is the the Dominary uh, United, Dominary United yeah. commanders into a deck I try to. This is the ever-changing 
fucking Dane. It's like half Dane. Half Dane, also another old card. Yeah. Not great, but, but we love half Dane here. We like him. Yeah, we like him. White, blue, black for a legendary shapeshifter with an activated ability that says one, sacrifice another creature, colon. The ever-changing Dane becomes a copy of the sacrificed creature, except it has this ability. Great. So <laughs> now, things, yeah, sacrifice it, sacrifice and, now you have it, it. and I'll keep this one. Yep. Plus, it's just a sack outlet. Uh, what I like about this is if somebody goes for Mariki, you mm-hmm. can also sack her and have a second one Ooh, in your ever changing dick. Right? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. This, cool. I think this card's really, really strong, but the Esper limits it. So the fact that you're in an Esper deck with a really powerful commander makes the ever changing Dane really, really powerful. Yeah. I had to ask you about this one. Yeah. (laughs) And it works. You can read this one, Rachel. You found this one. The Promise of Tomorrow. Uh, Two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, exile it. You control. (laughs) Not you own. Yeah. Uh, At the beginning of each end step, if you control no creatures, sacrifice Promise of Tomorrow and return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under your control. So if you have a good way to be able to steal things and then kill that thing, which you should considering the things that we just talked about. That's what your commander does. Yeah. uh, You can just do this to every single creature on the board uh, and then... (laughs) Steal this, sack it, exile it under the promise. Yep. Steal that, sack it, exile it. Yep. And then the only problem is, well, what about at the very end? You need to have no creatures. Well, here's the great thing about old cards is they didn't template things right. (laughs) And by by that, I mean they didn't exactly know the weird things that you could possibly do. Uh, So the way that this would be templated now is it would say gain control of another target creature. You can target her if you want. (laughs) You could gain control of your own Mariecki. Yeah. Untap her and to then destroy sh- herself. To destroy herself. Put her under the promise of tomorrow. And then you have no creatures. Where are all my creatures? <laughs> you just get them all back. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, what a sweet tomorrow it yeah. is. So yeah. all that being said, if you play Mariecki, you will probably lose friends. <laughs> Be careful the pods that you are going up against Absolutely. because you don't want to go up against a new player with the precon with this type of deck because yeah. it will not be a good time for them. Uh, yeah. It is cool <laughs> and it is techy, but it is definitely controlling. Yes. Uh, you, ha- you cannot underestimate how powerful it is to be able to steal repeatedly just be known that you are going to be targeted a lot in the games of commander you play with Mariecki. and bring backup like counter spells uh to protect your plan and recognize that when you're playing this deck you're the bad guy yeah you are the bad guy and the your opponents have to do something about you in order to play their game <laughs> so embrace being the bad guy and bring protection for your board because they're gonna target you uh, what I really like in this deck is Cloud Shift. Mm-hmm. It's exile target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. Yeah, the great part is that it serves double duty. Two purposes, yeah. Right? We already want these blink effects in the deck to be able to blink the things that we steal, but you can also use it on your commander if you just want to be able to keep your commander around in response to a Swords of Plowshares or any type of removal. This is definitely a deck I put a Plaza of Heroes in yeah. as well. It has that activated ability that says three tap exile Plaza of Heroes, target legendary creature gains hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Watch out. Lots of cool stuff in this deck though. Protect. Like this deck. <laughs> Protect. Yeah. <laughs> Mariecki is definitely one of those, like when people sit down across from me with it, you're like, oh, you have excellent <laughs> taste, but oh no. Oh, no. Here we go again. <laughs> Just a little like, uh-oh. Okay. We're in for a bit of a fight. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a lot of fun. We are talking about the most powerful commanders, Rachel, but yeah. 
Honestly, what if we want to like take the power level down just a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean like probably a lot more than a little a bit. A little a little I <laughs> wanted to talk about this guy because he's an he's an incredible commander that we've seen nothing like this yeah. since then. And it's Hakim Lawweaver. Dun dun dun. He's a legendary human wizard with flying. He's a two four, has two activated abilities. Blue blue colon. Return target aura card from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to Hakim. Activate only during your upkeep and only if Hakim isn't enchanted. Ooh. Then blue blue tap, destroy all auras attached to Hakim. Yeah, so this what? is very clearly a power level, like a couple power level steps down. What, from, mono blue auras? Yeah, I know we titled this <laughs> most powerful commanders, uh, old border old commanders, school commanders, old school commanders, but we are going to talk about whatever we want. And even okay. so, this might be more powerful for like some people's pods. So we want to talk about it regardless. I think I think this deck is really sweet and yeah. it does play on some really powerful archetypes because when you look at mono blue auras and like what they are, mm -hmm. they're control magics. They they steal stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this is a deck full of those. So you really like you want as many control magics as possible, but you also want auras with really strong ETBs. I think the best card in this deck is treachery. Yeah. You control enchanted creature and you untap five lands. So when this enters the battlefield on your commander, which you can reanimate it by just paying blue blue, remember, it enters and untaps five lands. Perfect. I wanted to mention that Hakim's ability says that you can only activate it if he isn't enchanted. If you activate it a whole bunch of times in a row, it only checks when you activate it. Yeah. So if he doesn't have any auras on it, you could play pay blue, 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 and reanimate three auras that'll all enter one after another. Yeah. And that's fine. So as long as he to... is initially enchanted. Yeah. So he has to have no enchantments on him and it has to be during the upkeep. Yeah. But if that's the case, you can activate the ability once, respond to that ability with another activation on the top of the stack, mm -hmm. respond to that with another activation on top of the stack as many times slash as much mana as you have. And then all those enchantments will enter attached to Hakim, but then that's realistically all you can do until you get rid of those enchantments. Right. Um, another great one way to use him is by using auras with enter the battlefield abilities like Flight of Fancy. Perfect. It's a four mana aura that when it enters, you draw two cards and enchanted creature has flying. So that's Hakim already has flying. Why would we want to play this, Rachel? Uh, because that's you crazy. can destroy crazy it talk. and reanimate it and draw two more cards uh -huh. and destroy it and reanimate it and draw two more cards. It's a little slow, but... A little slow, but this really deck probably fun. wants stack outlets that can, like a yeah. Claws of Gex, that can get these auras off of him so you can just keep re reusing those ETB abilities. Yeah. And now you did mention that this deck wants a lot of like control magic type effects, mm. which is really interesting to me because why in the world would you want control magic effects to be put on on your own creature. Hakeem does not have any ways to put those control magics on anything else. So what do we do about that, Rachel? Well, blue <laughs> is weirdly good at moving auras around. It's not an archetype that they visited yeah. recently, but there are a lot of spells that say attach target aura you control to target creature. Aura finesse is a single blue for an instant that moves an aura you control onto another creature. Draw a card. Yep. So now you can reanimate a control magic and you can send it away, attach it to an opponent's best creature, draw a card for your trouble, and now you control a creature and you've got an aura off a of Hakim so you can activate him again next turn. Super sick. There's like Crown of the Ages, which can do this over and over. Mm, that's it's, an artifact. It's an artifact. So it's a little bit to activate, but 
Who cares? You can do it multiple times. <laughs> Enchantment alteration is an instant that does this, and so is Aura Graft. And these are all like one in blue, one, like a single blue yeah. or one in a blue. And th- this isn't really an ability that you need to use over and over and over again in your in your deck. Like you could run Crown of the Ages, but you could also just move a control magic and steal a really impactful permanent, and that could be enough. Yeah, but what if you do that once and then they kill it and then you do it again and yeah. then again? Because the control magic will just go to your graveyard. Reanimate, put it, put it back on one. put it back on your commander and then move that again it's a theft deck in its uh like soul yeah but i do think that this wins most of the time with commander damage uh, <laughs> which is really funny description on yeah this. yes i have died to hakim with a corrupted conscience, conscience on him and an eldrazi conscription where he has hilarious. infect <laughs> and plus 10 plus 10 and he just naturally flies that kills you and you just die to that sometimes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very powerful commander, but it is a really cool and unique strategy that uses really powerful techniques. So, like, even though it's, it feels a little clunky to mm-hmm. steal stuff that way, stealing things from your opponent is both removal and, bo- like, progressing your board, which makes it even more powerful. So I do think that this deck kind of lives in a strange place yeah. of, like, being a little inefficient and a little bit clunky to use, but employing really powerful strategies. Yeah, and the payoff can be quite good. I think if you're looking at Marieki and you're like, that's a commander that speaks to me. I really like the idea of being able to steal other people's stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know if my pod can really handle it. Maybe look at Hakeem. Give Hakeem a shot. He's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, we have some more cool old school commanders that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes after a few words from our sponsors. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey everybody, uh, we've got to make an apology. Yeah, so we had our first stream on Whatnot a few weeks ago and we offered Game Night's mystery boxes. Oh, it's got a good pull, what we got here? Whoa! Obviously we were hoping they'd sell out, but what we didn't expect is that they'd all be gone in under one minute. Aww. Which is great for our egos, but it left a lot of you out there disappointed, so that's what we're sorry for. So to make it right, we're going back on Whatnot, but this time with even more boxes. It's still gonna be limited, we've only got the supply we've got, but we're hoping this will give a lot more people the chance to pick one up. And even if you don't want to buy a box, you should still come hang out with us, because it's like a live episode of the podcast, and we're still gonna do tons of giveaways and stuff like that. Yeah, and to top it all off, this one is gonna be a double feature! Not like the set, right? No, 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 way better. This is gonna be a tag team stream with The Professor. He's going live right before us and it sounds like he's going big. I think he mentioned giving away like 12 collector boxes of Ravnica Remastered. It's gonna be insane. So to get in on the action, sign up at whatnot.com slash invite slash command. You'll even get $15 to use anywhere on the site just for using our link. You can use it on a mystery box. Oh yeah, you should definitely do that. So join us January 12th at 1 p.m. Pacific or come early for The Professor and hop over to our channel afterwards. Sign up at whatnot.com slash invite slash command. Again, that's January 12th. We'll see you there. You browsing for some new tech? Yeah, I'm building T-Mount and Architect. Ooh, how about Zergo and Ojitai? Did you just drag and drop that card image directly into your deck? Yep, with Architect, you can drag and drop card images from EDH Rec or Scryfall directly into the deck list. No typing required. That is so cool. Ooh, okay, check this out. I'm gonna drag and drop Dragon Storm into the deck, and then boom, I'm gonna drop a bunch of dragons on the battlefield. A nine drop, huh? Seems ambitious. It was just for the pun. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about cool, old-school commanders, those old border favorites, so you can be the hipster at your table. And this next one that we're talking about, you've played against quite a bit, it sounds like. Yeah, so this is Hua Tao. Honored Physician. It's a one green green one two uh, from Portal 3 Kingdoms. You can tap it to put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. You can only activate this during your turn before attackers are declared. So, so your first, first main, main phase. phase. Is fine. Yeah. Uh, very interesting card. Uh, my brother has uh, one of these decks yeah. and it always plays very bizarrely. Like green <laughs> doesn't usually do much top deck manipulation. <laughs> 
much less <laughs> like big yeah. creatures slash top deck manipulation. I mean, it's a really interesting like putting those two things together. It's not something yeah. you'd expect. I think I've always thought that this commander is really, really cool. Yeah. Because it, it's funny because green doesn't have a lot of ways to like put things on top of your library. Like there's some sort of uh, like regrowth effects that put them on like a yeah. noxious, noxious revival, revival yeah. puts it on top of your library at instant speed. But green does have a lot of ways to take advantage of what's on top of your library. Yeah. Surprising amount. Uh, there's things like lurking predators. Mm. Lurking predators is just you look at the top card of your deck whenever somebody uh, casts a spell. And if it's a creature, you can put that into play. Well, luckily your commander wants uh, to put creatures on top of the deck. So put a big one on <laughs> top, put a big one. And then no matter what, whenever somebody casts a spell then you get it and so either nobody casts a spell or you get a big giant thing both Good. great <laughs> uh, the other one is aid from the cowl this is three green green for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn reveal the top card of your library if it's a permanent card you may put it onto the battlefield Ooh. otherwise you may put it on the bottom of your library so this is only on your turn and you have to have something leave the battlefield but that's fetch lands that's mm. treasure tokens that's Sakura tribe elders that's all sorts of different things will trigger aid from the cowl and you will have put something pretty big and cool on top because you have all that selection from your commander yeah it's a super sick card you can like solvala stampede things uh mm-hmm. there are some cards like vizier of the menagerie where you can like look at the top card of your deck cast if it's a creature spell so even if it's not like the most ridiculous thing on top of your deck that you're putting back on even yeah if it's just a sakura tribe elder great you can cast that from the top of your deck you get to reuse it again reuse it. it just lets you sort of do these loops where you if a creature goes to your graveyard you can put it back on top of your library and you can reuse that value over and over again and there are some cool cards that sort of help these loops progress mm-hmm. uh, one of the cool ones that I found was Verdant Succession yeah. for an a green for an enchantment it says whenever a green non-token creature dies that creature's controller may search their library for a card with the same name as that creature put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle and you're like it just died how could it possibly <laughs> be in my library Murph well luckily this is a trigger so what you can do is your creature will die trigger goes on the stack you activate your commander then you put that creature back on top of your deck you're like all right i'll let my trigger resolve trigger resolves you go find (gasps) that which is now in your library there it is is your library (laughs) (laughs) so it's really sick it's very cool especially with sack outlets you really need to be able to control when your creatures die in this deck Mm -hmm. foster is also a really cool enchantment here it's two green green for an enchantment it says whenever a creature you control dies you may pay one if you do reveal cards from the top of your library uh, until you reveal a creature card put that card into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So this is good with the cheaper ones because it lets you, you know, loop reclamation sages or loop like a caustic caterpillar is probably the, a good I- example of what you can do here because it's a creature that sacrifices itself and it's cheap to just keep replaying yeah, and I th- keep reusing. I think one thing that people will look at when looking at this commander is you think, oh, well, I want to put big things on top of my deck and figure out how to cheat big things into play. You don't even have to do that. It's like, yeah. this is a commander. You can go the value route. The best one I can think of is a greater good. Oh, as far as sack outlets? Yeah. Yeah, as far as sack outlets, because you can sacrifice it, put it on top, and then draw it again and get just a ton of value. Fill up your graveyard to more selection with your commander. Yeah. Um, It's green's like very best sack outlet but in a deck like this that really wants creatures to die and enter the battlefield again and draw more cards and fill up your graveyard greater good is going to put in a huge amount of work yeah and as far as like 
payoffs. You probably want things that have good enter the battlefield effects, mm. uh, good death triggers. You got like Regal Force where you can draw a card for each green creature. When it enters, just put an Avenger of Zendikar. You'll be pretty happy if you can cheat that into play. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. I really like Gruff Triplets in this yeah. deck because it's perfect with the, some of the cards that, that Huato is good with, right? Because it says... When Gruff Triplets enters the battlefield, if it isn't a token, create two tokens that are copies of it. Great, enter the battlefield trigger. And then when it dies, put a number of plus one counters on it equal to its power on each creature you control named Gruff Triplets. So if you have a sack outlet and you have Gruff Triplets and one of these ways like a lurking predators, you can play the Gruff Triplets, get the tokens, sack it, put counters on the tokens, cheat the Gruff Triplets back into play, make more Gruff Triplets. And that is a problem in a box. Yeah, because what you're looking to do is reuse one thing over and over and gruff triplets is a great way to do that. I yeah. keep wanting to say guff triplets but no, that's like Commodore guff. Yeah, Not yeah. like Billy Goat's gruff. These are Billy Goat's Billy gruff. Goat's gruff. <laughs> a very popular one in this deck is also Brutalizer Exarch because this is a tutor that puts a creature on top of your library. So you're going to have all of these like cheat a creature into play off the top of your library. There's a lot of elves and stuff that do this as well. Yeah. Um, you can put whatever creature, your Gruff Triplets or your Avenger of Zendikar, right on top, cheat it into play, and know it is there. Yep. And then as far as payoffs, you're in green. Attack. Hit him with the big <laughs> stuff. Hit him with the big stuff. Throw in an overrun, call it a day. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> you built yourself a deck. But yeah, super cool. interesting card. Super interesting commander. Yeah. I, I, I love that it's mono green cheat stuff into play because yeah. you can do all this ramp and it lets you sort of really use creatures to green's maximum ability. Yeah. It almost feels like a black deck. Yeah. And some like graveyard shenanigans yeah. and like top deck manipulation. It feels more like a black slash black blue, like you said, yeah. type of deck. Yeah. Which Super cool. Breaking the color pie. That's what we love to do here in old classic magic land. <laughs> this, this doesn't exactly break the color pie, but it certainly does twist it a little bit. The next commander we're talking about is Marton Stromgolds. <laughs> Two red red for a human knight. Whenever Marton attacks, uh, other attacking creatures get plus one plus one until end of turn for each attacking creature other than Marton. What? Yeah. That sounds like a crater of. <laughs> Don't give them trample. Uh, when Martone blocks, other blocking creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn for each blocking creature other than Marton. Yeah. He is naturally. <laughs> A 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So, four mana for a 1-1 one, one that does not have haste or anything. Clearly, this is not as good as Crater Hoof. Yes. But very few cards are as good as Crater yes. Hoof. Yes. Crater Hoof is busted. It's uh, so stupid. <laughs> but this is a huge payoff for yeah. making a ton of tokens in red. And it's in the command zone. Mm-hmm. So, you don't need to fill your deck with a ton of the payoffs that, like, these decks often have, like, sort of ticky-tacky damage. Yeah. Things like, whenever a creature enters, deals deal one damage. And you're like, this lets you play red like green, which is mm-hmm. make a ton of stuff, slam your commander, give him haste, and jam. Yeah. Because really, all you want to do is just make lots of creatures. Mm-hmm. And that is a very red ability as well as green. So it's not necessarily out of color pie. Yeah. But you're not trying to, like you said, do that extra damage out yeah. of nowhere. It's, yeah, you just set up for a big attack, slam your commander, try to give it haste maybe if you can. Yeah. And go to town. So I was thinking about this. I'm like, what are the best token makers for this commander? Because yeah. he doesn't have haste. So he people do really see this coming. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, maybe if you play Marton first, when you have, like, a couple of creatures on board. Yeah. And then you slam something like a Song of Totentons, which gives the tokens haste. Mm. 
So suddenly your board goes from being like, everything is going to get plus three, plus three, it's fine, to everything is going to get plus 10, plus 10, and there's a whole bunch of rats coming at me, and they're enormous. Yeah. I mean, technically, All at once. technically speaking, if you just had a single mana geyser and this card, you could slam mana geyser, slam this card, play the commander first because, yeah, play, because, then because the creatures, creatures gain haste. haste yeah. But it doesn't just give the tokens, it gives all your creatures. Yeah. So then just out of nowhere from a mana geyser, you have a huge attacking board that so nobody cool. sees coming. That's yeah. so cool. So cool. I, I, I looked at a lot of ways that red can generate a lot of creatures all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like indulge uh, to excess. This is a split sorcery sorcery. What are these called? Aftermath? Yeah. Uh, I think it's called Aftermath. But yeah, yeah. It says aftermath, aftermath on it. Uh, whenever God, a creature... so right, Rachel. You got it. It's even facing you. <laughs> read, I read the that card upside explains down. the card. It says, whenever a creature you control attacks this turn, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token that's tapped and attacking. So this is an attack trigger that you can stack with your commander's ability. Yeah, I, I initially read this and I was like, no, wait, that doesn't work. Let me go talk to Rachel. Oh, uh, wait. No, it does. So I sat down. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can have that's a attack trigger. And then mm. this is an attack trigger. So I got to do is stack the attack triggers so that you get all the things and then let Martone's ability resolve. Mm. And then you get the maximum buff for the maximum benefit. Pretty cool. Plus that aftermath spell is excess. It says create a treasure token for each creature you control that dealt combat damage to a player this turn. Pretty cool. So if that attack wasn't enough to do it, you got a little bit of value to make a big attack next turn. Uh, you could also do just a mass threaten effect, like yeah. an insurrection or a mob rule, which will often win you the game, but this may give you the extra damage to push it over the top. Because uh, then you'll go from having like, you know, like three creatures or something like that to 10, yeah. which should be enough to close out a commander game with your commander on board. Yeah. And like you said, uh, I think that giving creatures slash your commander haste is probably the most important For thing sure. you can do in this. Uh, aside from getting him through, so why not do it both in one with one of my favorite cards? Yeah. <laughs> uh, break from the line. It's a uh, one red. Break and- through the line. Break through the line. I can't even see your my favorite, own favorite card. cards. Your favorite card, Marv. I failed. I failed the the internet. I'm so sorry. Break through the line. It's one and a red for an enchantment, and you can pay a red to have target creature with power two or less gain haste until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. So you do that to your commander. It can't be blocked. It can attack this turn. So even if you don't have a game-ending swing, you'll be able to swing with your commander again next turn because that's going to be a huge problem uh, if you don't attack with Marton and you are like, all right, well, I'll block this, I'll block this, I'll block your commander, and I still live. And you're like, well, there goes all my damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's two major problems with, with Marton is that he doesn't buff himself and that he's uh, just slow. He doesn't yeah. have haste. And Break Through the Line solves both those problems in one. Uh, the thing about like those downsides, though, I don't think they're as big as people think they are. Because Red is really good at giving all your stuff haste. Yeah. It's just one of the things Red is best at. And if you make this big attack and you buff all of your creatures up, Hopefully they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if your commander has survived the attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that was my thinking there. But I, I, I think running stuff like Bitter Reunion that'll give all of your creatures mm-hmm. in play haste, plus gives you that looting ability is a really big deal. And I really like Zariel. Have you played with this card yet? I have not. <laughs> I... I think this is one of the better haste enablers in Commander that's not seeing a ton of play. It's Uh two red red for a Planeswalker, and it's 
Plus one ability is creatures you control get plus one plus oh and gain haste until end of turn. Mm. So if you're making a ton of creatures, this is an anthem plus gives you haste. Yeah. And it's activate. It's like zero ability is create a devil token, which when it dies, it deals one damage to any target. So it just makes you tokens Until you need the for haste. your commander. And yeah. then when you play your commander, you slam it, give him haste, get in the overrun for all the tokens that you have. There is also an emblem that gives you like double combats if you get to minus six, which actually isn't that hard with this commander. Yeah. And also it's actually pretty good because it's an attack trigger. Exactly. So if you get double combats, you get double those triggers, baby. So it just feels like this Planeswalker like lives in this perfect space for red token decks and isn't really seeing a ton of play. Yeah. I love cards like this where you can look at that and be like, oh, well, I don't really know a home for it. Let me go grab a home for it. Martin. Yeah. Other hot tech for getting your commanders through, uh, Hearth Charm. It's a single red mana. Mm-hmm. Target creature with power two or less can't be blocked. Or attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Look at that. Perfect for this type of deck. Ugh, right in the Right pocket. there. Feels you want damage? Good. Great. You want to get your commander alive? Perfect. <laughs> or you can blow up like an artifact creature or something. Cool. That, so, that you need to do that every so that often. Sometimes. Get rid of that academy manufacturer. Anyway, Marton, definitely, I think, underplayed. I think underplayed. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Super sweet. Uh, the next commander that we're talking about is definitely underplayed, but not underpowered. Seton uh, Croson Protector is a centaur druid for green, green, green. He's a 2-2 with an activated ability that says tap an untapped druid you control, colon, add green to your mana pool. Yeah. So this Im- is Urza for druids. Yeah. Important to note, it has the ability that Urza, that a zombie have, where even if your druid has summoning sickness, even itself, it can still use that ability. Mm-hmm. At its core, this is going to be an elf ball deck. A lot of druids are also elves, especially the little ones that we're going to want to cast with our commander. Um, it's going to make a ton of mana. It's going to draw a ton of cards and it's going to win with a big overrun and a whole bunch of creatures is likely how this deck plays out, which is very similar to elf ball. But this is druid ball, which is (laughs) totally, (laughs) totally different. Sounds like a game. All right. We're going to play a game of druid ball. Time for druid ball. Plus there's some really sweet like druid typal cards that I feel like don't get to see a ton of play because they don't get focused on. Yeah, like the Giltleaf Arch Druid, which is three green green. Whenever you play a Druid spell, you may draw a card. And you can also tap seven untapped Druids you control to gain control of all lands target player controls, which is brutal and completely backbreaking. Oh, <laughs> lands. Oh, that's not land destruction. Yeah. It's just... land theft. Oh, like that, is, oh. that is not really an ability that we see much anymore. That because... is the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff you've been doing all game, yes, please, I'll take that's Give me those. Just insanity. Uh, there's a new one that just came out in the uh, Merfolk Precon for LCI for Lost Caverns. It's Deep Root Historian that says Merfolk and Druid cards in your graveyard have retrace. So you can discard a land Ooh. and cast them from your graveyard. Sick. Really cool. That's really cool. Uh, other than those two like sort of typal focused cards, you're just going to want really, really cheap Druids. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of those druids are elves. I think a lot of people will look at this commander and think, oh, well, now I'm just going to have to play a lot of bad cards. No. Well, lucky you, Llanowar elves mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and all like, of those elves. A ton of the one mana ones are druids. Yeah. But also just value pieces like Gallag Readers is yeah. a druid, which it says whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you can put a counter on Gallag Readers, make a tap treasure token, or just gain two life. And you can only do once per turn. So you can you have you use all three of those. 
but they're super cheap. They immediately tap for mana and help you cast the next druid. Yeah. So the thing about this is you're going to have a ton of mana right away as soon as Seton hits the battlefield. Yeah. You can tap Seton for mana yeah. right now, like right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one mana rebate instantly. <laughs> so all you're going to, like all you need is cards. Mm-hmm. This deck is going to be so, so card hungry because you're going to have all of the mana in the world. You just need to be able, you just need, just need cards to cast. Yeah. So there's a few ways that we can solve this. Uh, you could do things like Glimpse of Nature, where whenever you cast a creature spell, this turn you draw a card, because you're going to probably be casting a lot in one turn, be mm-hmm. able to refill your hands. Uh, honestly, Glimpse of Nature, still a great card, even if it draws you like two, three cards. You're still pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has the potential of like having a very high ceiling. You can do something like Leaf Crown Visionary, where whenever you cast an elf spell, you may pay a green to draw a card. Yeah, that's more elf-focused, but yeah, like we said, there's going to yeah. be a lot of elves going on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of elf-slash-druid overlap, so you're still getting that card draw. So even if not every single thing you're playing is going to be able to draw you a card, that's fine, as long as most of it can. I think Augur of Autumn is going to be incredibly mm, busted in this yeah. deck. This is the one that lets you uh, play lands off the top of your library, and if you have Coven, you can play creatures off the top of your library. Yeah. And Augur of Autumn is a druid mm-hmm. herself. Ooh. So you can tap her for mana, <laughs> cast creatures off, and you can keep digging. Decks like this run more one-mana creatures, honestly, than maybe lands. Like, Ooh, you're. this is a cool. low land count yeah. deck because all of your creatures tap for mana. So you really, really, really want to just like hit a one drop, hit a one drop, mm-hmm. hit a one drop, and tap that one drop to cast another one drop, tap that one drop to cast another one drop. It's a storm often. deck. Yeah. Um, and storm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like Augur of Autumn or Realm Walker does a similar oh, yeah. thing, casting druids yeah. off the top of your library. It itself is a druid. Um will let you cast all of the spells that you have the mana for, which is going to be a lot. Yeah, so many. And then then once again, you're in a green deck. So what do you do once you have a ton of stuff? Well, you just attack with it. (laughs) You've got all of this mana. What in the world could you do with it? (laughs) You could uh, be cheeky and play Allosaurus Shepherd and then activate the Allosaurus Shepherd. How about that, Rachel? Yeah, turn them all into dinosaurs. It's an elf, so it has synergy. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be casting creatures anyway? It's only one mana, so it's easy to cast off of the top of your library. Yep. Or you could dump all of that mana into a giant X spell, like a finale of devastation. That'll give you that big Mm -hmm. overrun that you're looking for. You could put it all into a Genesis wave if you want and just put your whole board onto the battlefield uh, or you could kill him with class <laughs> with one of my line. favorite <laughs> one of my favorite green X spells which is squall line I like that you included this in the <laughs> uh, it's green green X for an instant that deals X damage to each creature with flying and each player note that it does deal damage to you as well but yeah <laughs> that being said but that's okay you've got all those druids to block nobody's gonna be <laughs> probably what you do with squall line is you cast it to a life total that you're comfortable with yeah. and then you swing out with all of your smaller creatures and pick off the rest of that damage yeah uh, or, or vice versa swing yeah. first and then do the big attack because mm-hmm. then people won't know what totally the correct are yeah yeah uh, either way, it's an instant. If they get greedy, get them. Get them with a squall line. <laughs> yeah. So overall, Seton is a very, very powerful commander. It's creature storm. You're going to play elves. So if you like that type of thing, give Seton a try. Yeah, I like that it's sort of a twist on elves. Definitely, yes. Yeah. Uh, this next one is the biggest, the baddest of them all. I want to read this one. 
Nickel Bolas. Raw. All right, so total eight mana. Two blue, blue, black, black, red, red. Flying seven, seven. Legendary Dragon. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Nickel Bolas unless you pay a blue, a black, and a red. All right, that's uh, whatever. All right, that's a lot. Whatever. That's a lot. Whenever Nickel Bolas damages an opponent, that player discards their hand. What? No. It's so rude. <laughs> it's brutal. Get out of here. No. <laughs> Insane. This has always been like a classic creature in Commander. Like yeah. this Commander was called Elder Dragon Highlander. This is one of the original Elder Dragons. Like this is the classicest of classic cards you can possibly get. And I think you look at a lot of these old like Legends Dragons and you're like, these don't do anything. They mostly suck. They're, they're pretty bad they're and really they cost bad. a lot and they really don't do anything once you have them in play. Nicol Bolas re- does. <laughs> like if you hit somebody and they have to discard their hand, Ooh. that is devastating yeah you should never be without a hand in commander yeah if you don't have a hand in commander you're basically out of the game yeah unless your ward state is like super overwhelming right which you should probably have already won by that point yeah it's a that's a really really powerful effect that feels like it might be worth that cost Mm -hmm. but the coolest thing about Nicol Bolas is, is he's a dragon. Yeah. And we're really good at getting dragons in We play. love dragons. One of the best cards in this deck is going to be Hellkite Courser. It's four red red for a dragon. When he enters the battlefield, you may put a commander you own from the command zone onto the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to the command zone at the beginning of the next end step. You can cheat your commander into play. Ker-chomp. Attack right away. And this is on a dragon that you could blink, that you could reanimate, that you can just cast at six mana it's not that big of a deal yeah it's so it's so powerful basically once you play this if one person doesn't have a flyer you have taken them out of the game yeah crazy <laughs> bonk uh <laughs> i love that one in this deck uh the other one i thought was really cool was sarkon soul of flame mm, yeah this is new this is one of the aftermath commanders uh it's one blue and a red for a human shaman uh he's a two four it says dragon spells you cast cost one less to cast that's pretty helpful but then it says whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control you may have sarkon become a copy of it until end of turn except its name is sarkon and it's legendary and addition to its other types just attack with it immediately but also it's yeah sarkin gives (laughs) it gives you a copy that has haste Mm -hmm. so if you have another way to give it haste now you have two nickel boluses that are attacking attacking. right now you take two opponents out of the game then it's basically you 1v1 and you have nickel bolus in play yeah (laughs) that's a possession i'd like to be in in most commander games (laughs) i would say that person is quite advantaged there's a lot of ways to get dragons into play for cheap and give them haste uh, Carnelian Orb of Dragonkind mm-hmm. is a mana rock just for dragons that gives them haste. You want awesome. anyway. Yeah. Your opponents are going to be afraid of your commander. So once they, he hits, you need to be able to use him fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so haste is going to be crazy important here. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to mention Rivaz. Because <laughs> you don't get to mention him much. Because <laughs> he's a good boy. He's a bit of Viashino. He's three, uh, one a red, black and a red. And he taps for two mana of any combination of colors. Spend this moment mana only to cast dragon creature spells. Uh, he also lets you cast dragons from your graveyard. So it's good if you want to be a dragon focus deck. But I like that this is really good fixing for your commander's very hefty cost. Yeah. So... Overall, very powerful ability. Mm -hmm. You probably want to give haste, try to copy it if you can. But there is one very important thing that you came in like rushing into my room and be like, did you know that this works? And I'm like, no. And that important thing is that Nicol Bolas does not say combat damage. He says... He doesn't! 
damage. What? So this is another thing that Wizards has learned since making this card in 1994. So templating now would say combat damage. But thankfully, uh, there are some ridiculous cards that <laughs> make that creature deal damage. So something like Dragon Tempest, which you probably already want in this deck anyway to, to give, give it haste. Because yeah. why not? It is the creature that is dealing the damage. So if you have Dragon Tempest, you cast Nicol Bolas. And you're like, all right, Dragon Tempest damage. I'm going to deal one damage to you. Oh, it's seven damage, right? It's equal to the, oh, the number of it's dragons number of you dragons. control. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, have, you have one nickel bolus. So I'll be like, all right, Rachel, I'm going to deal one damage to you with uh, Dragon Tempest. But because the source of the damage is not Dragon Tempest, it is actually nickel bolus, you have to discard your hand. What? Get wrecked. <laughs> because I didn't have a counter spell or an instant speed enchantment, I just immediately discard my whole So hand. funny. And there's a lot of cards that do this, yeah. right? Scourge of Volcus is two red, 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 three red, so five man all together for a dragon. So whenever it or another dragon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to any target, where X is the number of dragons you control. Again, if you have a Scourge of Volcus and your commander, you can shoot someone in the face right away. It's so rude. <laughs> so rude. Deals damage. Deals damage. I Kedis works. Yeah. Kedis lizard that says if you hit with your commander, you hit the other two players. They discard too. Yeah. So as long as one person's open, as long as you have Kedis out, who cares? Now your opponents have no hand. And I understand. You're like it's Nickel Bolas. It's eight mana. He's like he's, you have to pay for an upkeep and all that stuff. You cannot underestimate how powerful it is to strip. All of your opponents. Every single card, yeah. It's so powerful. And now you have a 7 7 dragon in play that's only three hits until they die to commander damage? Yeah. Like the reason that it is 21 commander damage is because these elder dragons were all 7 7. The point was three hits from these. So luckily, three hits from this will kill people. crazy i know it's so fun <laughs> yeah and a lot of these pieces uh, like we've pointed out are dragons so they can fit in a dragon's shell mm-hmm. you can make this like a grixis dragons i type love deck. this as a grixis dragon yeah, so fun probably one of my favorite dragons are like a really powerful archetype mm-hmm. already so we, they can kind of support a clunkier commander but especially one that has such an impact on the board once it hits and is already dead the deck is already dedicated to making a ton of mana to cast yeah. your dragons and giving them haste so you can attack with them right away all of that synergy supports your commander being as expensive as he is. It's like the Ur-Dragon, but way cooler because... Way cooler. The way that the Ur-Dragon works is when the Ur-Dragon comes out, everybody on the board is like, oh my gosh, this is going to be insane. It's a huge dragon that's going to do ridiculous things. Yeah. And Nicol Bolas works very much the same way, but honestly, probably even more scary. Yeah, I because that's like you get something cool and this one's I lose all yeah. my things. It's um, it's definitely a bad guy deck. It, it's the kind of thing that this is the co- the commander that is going to attract a lot of attention at the table, and you have to relish that. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, I'm playing the biggest bad in MTG lore, yeah, and I'm here to smack face. Yeah, I'm going to be the bad guy at this table. You have to be okay with people that are going to be targeting you, similar to Mariecki, because your commander is just that powerful and has such a big effect on the game. I also think this is very powerful for making your opponents look over here. You, you have to understand... What do you mean by that, Rachel? If you have a commander uh-huh. that's in the command zone and you see Nicol Bolas, yeah. you're like, I have to have a removal spell for Nicol Bolas. Yeah. I have to be ready for this. I have to get a flyer. I have to figure out how to not get hit by this thing. Mm-hmm. If your opponents are spending energy looking at your command zone and looking at your commander and being yeah. worried about that, you have time to build something up on the side to accrue treasure tokens okay. or to uh, resolve another scary permanent, like mm-hmm. another creature that... They're like, I, I don't want to remove that because what if that happens? Yeah. 
then like if you're if you're having your opponent's uh, resources be divided and giving them multiple targets to worry about and mm-hmm. think about, then you're splitting the amount of value your opponents are getting. You're having them play cautious, holding up more mana than they yeah. normally would be. And that's really good for you, mm-hmm. especially if they spend a ton of resources to get rid of your big dumb commander. Now you just slam a Bolus's Citadel and be yeah. like, all right, this was the real plan. Storm <laughs> off. Here we go. Like then their removal is, has been exhausted. They've spent their counter spell on your big clunky dragon. Yeah. And the coast is clear for you to resolve a torment of hailfire. Yeah, whatever you want. Notice all of these have pictures of Nicol Bolas on them. <laughs> you pick these specific. That's another great <laughs> way to build this deck is you can build it Vorthos. You can build it Nicol Bolas themed. Just yeah. whatever you want that has Nicol Bolas on it that mentions Bolas, like very Slave cool. of Bolas in. That's a very cool type of deck that you can build with this. I did want to mention that I, I looked on EDA Trek um, uh, for what the Nicol Bolas decks that were online, and uh-huh. a lot of people are building him as a discard deck, mm. and I don't think that's the right way to play him. Um, because your commander is your discard plan, yeah. right? Like the more other cards you have dedicated in your deck to having your opponent's discard their like one card at a time the less impactful your big clunky commander is yeah and if you're going to be spending eight mana on it you really want to be getting a ton of cards not just like one or two so i think building completely around a a discard plan isn't exactly correct or or how i would build this deck i think that's a good point if you want to do discard nickel balls play the m19 nickel ball i think that's a much perfect commander for that yeah uh, okay, we've got one more old border commander that we wanted to talk about today, and it really was the scourge of the format when... Uh, this wasn't printed in scourge. This was stronghold. You're right. Rachel. I'm sorry. <laughs> womp womp. Terrible joke. I, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an old school commander episode without talking about slivers. Yeah, sliver queen is probably the most powerful among them. It's one of each color of mana. It's a 7-7 seven, seven sliver, and you can pay two to make a 1-1 one, one sliver creature token. Two, two. two of at any. In, at instant yeah. speed, you don't have to tap. Just go, go, go. Make a ton of slivers. It seems like a very simple ability, and I think that's what the designers were going for when they made this. Mm. But as it turns out, it's a very broken, busted ability. <laughs> so busted. <laughs> because so it's busted. colorless mana, Yep. and you don't have to tap it or do anything. So as long as you have ways to... I don't know, generate more and more and more mana. You can just, even if it's colorless, you can just dump it right into here, make more mm-hmm. creatures, and that snowballs very fast. Yeah, I, slivers are a swarm strategy just generally, yeah. right? So it really encourages you for putting a ton of slivers onto the battlefield, which often when you're playing slivers can mean you dump your whole hand and now you're out of resources and there's a board wipe and that's it. But Sliver Queen sort of lets you play one threatening sliver and then just make a ton of slivers. Yeah that are problems, right? Like, if you play a Lava Belly Sliver, which says, Slivers you control have, when this creature enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to target player or Planeswalker, and you gain one life. Like a little Impact Tremors type Mm -hmm. ability. Now, every Sliver that you make with your commander just has that ability naturally, and you only spent two cards. Yeah, just dump your mana into that ability, because then if somebody board wipes or gets rid of one of your important pieces, you've gotten all that value. I got all that value. Now here's another sliver that's going to be nuts with every other sliver that I make. Here's a harmonic sliver. When this permanent enters the battlefield, destroy target artifact or enchantment. (laughs) Now you're paying two mana to make a sliver and destroy an artifact or enchantment. Yeah, slivers is a very, very powerful archetype and a very popular archetype. Yeah. But yeah, Sliver Queen uh, has always been... 
probably the best commander for the strategy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of combos that you can do between Sliver Overlord and Sliver Queen, and yeah. now the first Sliver is obviously very powerful, but I think if we're talking old school Sliver strategies, it feels like Sliver Queen was the one that always always felt the most powerful, Yeah, because it's so it's such an easy combo strategy, uh, and we're going to talk about that in one, in one second, but I want to talk about the rest of the Slivers that like go in this style of deck mm-hmm. because there's the the slivers that I mentioned before which you play early then you play sliver queen and then you make a whole bunch yeah and then there's the slivers that you play after you have a whole bunch mm. and that's like like a virulent sliver is the one that gives all your slivers poisonous yeah now you have your commander you've made five or six slivers and your opponents are like okay you have all these one ones cool you slam virulent sliver and now they have poisonous, and you've changed the math of what these one ones mean yep. just by adding one card to the equation. And you're holding that in your hand so your opponents don't know about it. Right. So if you have like 10 one ones, yeah, that's a problem, but that's not a I'm going to die problem. Suddenly yeah. you give them all poisonous one, now that's a I'm going to die problem. Now it's an I'm going to die problem. And that's not something that you could have really set up for because exactly. it was sitting in their hand. Yeah. And like something like a leeching sliver says whenever a sliver you control attacks, defending player loses one life. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now we're magnifying the power of your slivers on board. If you add something like a nanogene conversion to that equation, which says choose target creature you control, each other creature becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn, except it isn't legendary. Yep. Now all of your slivers have poisonous one, poisonous one, poisonous one, poisonous <laughs> one, poisonous one, poisonous one, poisonous one, because they all grant all your other slivers additional yep. triggers of poisonous. Now that is a big problem. <laughs> now, keep in mind that whether you're doing this nanogene conversion or mirror weave, which does a very similar effect, yeah. this affects the entire board. Yeah. So you want to be careful to only do it on something like the poisonous, where you're going to be like, great, it's going to be for this turn, I'm going to attack, and that's really the only time that this poisonous matters. Right. But you don't want to do it on something that's like, all slivers gain flying, and then be like, all my stuff is flying, theirs doesn't. Oh, no, wait, oh, everything's it a does. sliver yeah. now. Everything is <laughs> you have to be careful. Yeah, so you got to be careful about that. But still, it can be sick. All right, we've been alluding to uh, the comboiness of this commander. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I legit did not know notice how easy it was to go infinite with this. But oh then, my god, it's so easy! It's crazy. <laughs> you put this down, I was like, oh yeah, astronauts altar. Just astronauts altar. Just astronauts altar. Sack a sliver, make a sliver. Sack a sliver, make a sliver. It's only two colorless mana, so you can sack that token sliver and keep paying for that ability. You get infinite sliver creations, infinite sliver dies. Yeah. Um, Just find a perforos, anything that blood cares artist. About, yeah. uh, the sliver we mentioned before, lava belly sliver, will do it. Heck yeah, you don't have to go off yeah. plan much. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mana echoes. This gives you infinite mana. Yeah, this is one that I've seen before, yeah. Uh, Mana Echo says whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may add an amount of mana equal to the number of creatures you control that share a creature type with it. Which they all will because they're slivers. (laughs) That's the joke. (laughs) In case everybody out there missed it. (laughs) (laughs) So you keep adding a sliver, which makes you more mana, which you use to add a sliver, which makes you more mana. It gives you infinite colorless mana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and which gives you infinite slivers. Yep. So figure out what to do with that. Uh, worst comes to worst. You but pass you the it. turn and uh, you attack with infinite slivers. <laughs> uh, the final way is basil sliver. <laughs> Basal sliver. Two and a black. Sure. It says all slivers you, you have. Sacrifice this creature. 
add black black to your mana pool. Mm-hmm. So again, this is sort of like an astronaut's altar type situation. Every sliver you make can sacrifice and pay for another sliver to be created. The fact that these are slivers in and of themselves is crazy. Like, yeah. you did not look at this and think, what if that goes infinite with this very popular sliver card? Yeah, it just works. It, <laughs> it just, just it, works. It just goes infinite. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't have to tap to do it. It just sacrifices right away. <laughs> Even a gem hide sliver, which just makes your slivers tap for colored mana. If you have, like, a training grounds or something that yeah. makes this activated ability slightly less Just one yeah then and you have a way to grant them haste that's infinite slivers and that that's not like those aren't cards that you would not expect in this deck yeah so there are a few different ways to be able to build this try mm-hmm. to build it with in mind the power level that you're trying to go for mm-hmm. you're trying to keep a little bit more casual take a look at these astronauts altars of the world and try to keep them out of the deck yeah. but if you're trying to go for a higher level you're playing in a higher power level pod hit the gas hit the gas sliver queen's a great commander for that type of pod yeah i think that it got overlooked with the like the big the cascade for sliver ness of the world. Um, But you can do some really, really cool things with Mm -hmm. the old slivers as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dang, that was a lot of cool cards, Rachel. I want to build so many decks. Uh, <laughs> I know, we were talking to each other after we made this like, outline. Which of these are you building? <laughs> like, I want to like, build Agus McKenzie now. Nicol Bolas. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never wanted to build a dragon deck more than I do today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the listeners, what is your favorite old school commander? Do we miss any synergies with your favorite old border legend? If we talked about him today, of course, if we miss them, please let us know what you built. Send us lists. It's always fun to see when you guys get creative and build a deck with a commander that you don't necessarily always see at the table. Uh, tell us in the comments. We're, we're there. We're looking. We like to see what you're doing. Uh, if you are like Murph and I, where you, you saw these cards and we're like, oh, man. <laughs> Time to is, build some decks. This is sweet. <laughs> I'm rebuilding Sisse. Go to cardkingdom.com slash command. They have a huge selection of cards in varying uh, level, like conditions. What I really like about playing with old cards is that you they have a lot of personality to yeah. them, especially the damaged ones. Like I, I have a... You can get them for cheap too. <laughs> you can get them for super cheap. And I have a Lord of Tressorhorn that's like a little banged up around the edges. And you're like, you know what? This card came from the 90s. Like, yeah. <laughs> it makes somebody played with it. Yeah. It sat in a box. On the it moved around. <laughs> and people played with this big dumb zombie that I now get the privilege to play with in 2024. We almost uh, said 2023. I almost did. <laughs> um, it, you can buy like a variety of conditions and save yourself a little bit of money. Um, and that's why we love shopping at Card Kingdom because they are very clear about what cards you're buying and how they're shipping it so you know exactly the card that you're getting when it shows up in the mail. It's fun shopping for cards. Card Kingdom alleviates a lot of the problems that get introduced with shipping. So again, you can do that while supporting the show at cardkingdom.com slash command. And you're going to want to sleeve those cards that you bought. You buy a new commander deck. I've definitely done this before where I get a commander deck and I'm like, great, time to play. Crap, I forgot sleeves. But if you go to ultrapro.com slash command, you can get those sleeves. You can get a deck box. You can get some dice. You can get cool playmats that have art from any of the new sets, some stuff from the old sets. Uh, You can take a look. They have sales on ultrapro.com slash command all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have plenty of ultrapro product at your local game store. So keep an eye out for that. Check it out. And if you buy that stuff, you're also supporting the show. Yeah. Uh, finally, you can support the show by showing up on Whatnot. We're what? doing a second Whatnot stream on January 12th. Uh, it's Friday, January 12th at 1 p.m. Uh, we it's It'll be our second stream. The first one was 
crazy successful. Yeah. They sold out of mystery boxes in less than one minute. Yeah, I think we were like, yeah, we know it was less than a minute. We're thinking it was like 30 seconds or something it's, like that. It was like, shocking. <laughs> uh, and so on uh, on January 12th, we're coming back. We've got more mystery boxes, but still show up early because there is a limited supply of these things. So if you want one, get there early. Get your name in. Make sure you're signed up for Whatnot uh, beforehand. If you sign up at whatnot.com slash invite slash command, you get 15 bucks to spend on Whatnot completely free. Uh, so you can spend that on anything that's happening during the stream. You could spend it on a box. Plus, if you could make a whole day of it, you could have a magic day on Whatnot. If you log in two hours earlier, the prof is having a stream on Whatnot as well, and he is giving away 12 collector boxes of Ravnica remaster. Ooh, we know you're into old bordered cards. You are here. <laughs> you watched this episode to the very end. <laughs> this set is awesome and has a lot of old classic cards. And Prof is going to be having a huge, super fun event. He's giving away those collector boxes and even more. And you can stick around and join our stream after that. And you can it, hang out with Prof and us. Yeah. Great. The thing is, like, even if you don't want to buy stuff on whatnot, it's just going to be like a live episode of the podcast. Jimmy and Josh are there. Maybe I'll show up as well. Yeah. Uh, just talking magic answering questions in the chat it's live we're there we want to hang out with you so mark it on your calendar hang out with us again that's 1 p.m pacific time on january 12th okay thank you so much for watching this episode this was a ton of fun this is like Murph and my favorite thing to talk about is we were geeking old, out about these like constantly. commanders like what about this what about this what about this what oh, about that's that? so cool it doesn't say combat damage <laughs> it doesn't say combat what? damage back to scryfall change everything <laughs> So uh, thank you for watching because it's, it was a ton of fun and a big thank you to our team here at the Command Zone that make that possible. Thank you to Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Gaurav Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Black, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy Wong, and of course to Josh Murphy for taking the time to be a podcaster with me. It is my pleasure. Anytime you ask Rachel, I will be there. <laughs> like a Build some cool old commanders. <laughs> Send us the list. This is my favorite way to play commander and it's like Part of the reason that our format is so cool yep. is you get to combine sweet new cards with sweet old cards. Any cards from any type of magic is great. Like from the very beginning yep. all the way until now. Pick some cards, put them in a deck. Have a great time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> you can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.